Bible with you, we're delighted to open it at Luke 24, Gospel of Luke chapter 24, and I'm reading from verse 13, Luke 24, and reading from verse 13, story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem And do not know the things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together, And saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke the bread. Let's pray. Almighty God, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We pray that this morning that you might open our eyes, that we might see wonderful things in your word. Give us the grace that we might be able to clearly understand and heartily choose the way of your commands. Speak to us, we pray, through the power of your Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Over these uh, next couple of uh, Sundays, 
as uh, we continue in the season of Easter, we're going to be looking at some of the uh, the resurrection appearances. Uh, and beginning uh, with these uh, two disciples on the road to Emmaus. I don't know if you heard, but uh, on the uh, on the Pope's uh, visit to England last year, an event happened that slipped under the media radar, but not the police. The Pope was being chauffeured in a powerful Jaguar limousine down the M1 motorway in the middle of the night. He was chatting to the driver and said how one of the things he missed now he was Pope was that he never got to drive himself. The driver agreed that it was a real shame and the Pope asked if they could swap places for a while so that he could drive. After all, it was the middle of the night and the motorway was clear. The driver pulled over and at the next exit they switched places. The Pope, not having driven for a while, got rather excited and uh, put his foot down on the accelerator and before they knew it they were driving at 100 miles an hour. Unfortunately, they passed a police car in a lay-by who followed them and put the siren and blue flashing lights on and uh, the Pope pulled over. The policeman strolled up to the window, which was tinted and knocked for the driver to lower the window. The Pope did as he was asked, what's the problem? The police couldn't believe it when he saw the Pope behind the wheel. He got on his radio and called the superintendent. Superintendent said, what's the matter? The traffic officer said, I've just stopped a car going over 100 miles an hour. So give him a speeding ticket. I don't think I can, said the police officer. Why, who's in the car? A celebrity? No, sir. A politician? No, sir. A famous football? No, sir. Well, who is it? Police officer hesitated, but I said, I'm not exactly sure, but I think it might be God. Why would you think that, said the superintendent. Well, he's got the Pope as his chauffeur. <laughs> as we were saying to the, uh, the youngsters, one of the things about the resurrection appearances is that people didn't always recognise straight away who it was who was with them. And uh, these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Uh, we're told that, uh, that they were walking from uh, to Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. And as they discussed these things to each other, uh, Jesus himself came alongside them. But it says in verse 16, they were kept from recognising him. And uh, the scholars uh, love this verse because they go into all sorts of ideas about what was it that kept the disciples uh, from being able to see that it was Jesus. Was it a, a supernatural thing that happened? It says that they were kept as if something supernatural was keeping them from being able to see Jesus. Others suggest that it was because uh, they were so engrossed in their conversation and obviously they weren't expecting to see Jesus. As far as they knew, Jesus had been uh, uh, crucified, he was dead, he had been put in the tomb, and so there wasn't an expectation. And these two disciples, uh, they were on the road to Emmaus, but they were also on the road to disappointment. These two disciples were discouraged. They were downcast. They were discussing the things that had happened. Uh, they had lost their hope. And Jesus comes alongside them. And uh, enters into a conversation. 
What are you discussing together as they walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only visitors to Jerusalem and do not know these things that had happened in these days? These men were disappointed. They were disappointed by Jesus. Jesus hadn't lived up to their expectations. And Jesus noticed the compassion. He asked them all innocently, what things are you talking about? He allows them to express their disappointment. What things? Well, about Jesus, they said. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed. Chief priests and rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. But we had hoped. We had hoped. In other words, they no longer hoped. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. The Emmaus too had erected a wall of hopelessness around them. They were trapped in their misery. We had hoped, but we don't expect it now. We did once. We had this thing called hope, but now it is gone. I wonder whether there's people here this morning that can identify with these these two disciples on the road to disappointment. Maybe you had great hopes about something, about how life was going to be, but it's not quite turned out how you imagined it would. Maybe you've, you've been praying about something and you've been asking God to do something, uh, but you've been left disappointed. Maybe the church has disappointed you in some way or another. Maybe the minister uh, has disappointed you in some way or another. I said on the first Sunday that I was here, you know, don't put your faith in me. At some time or other, you know, I will let you down, I will disappoint you, I'm a human being, don't put your faith in me. And there are times, aren't there, when we are disappointed. Sometimes people disappoint us, don't they? Uh, you know, in every church I've been at, I've had endless people uh, coming up to my door, knocking on my door and saying, you know, somebody has upset me in the church. And it's like sometimes I want to be really sarcastic and say, no, surely not. Somebody in the church has, has upset you? You're the first person this has ever happened to. <laughs> but obviously I don't, I'm, I'm like Jesus, aren't I? I'm, I'm compassionate and I let them tell their story and uh, talk about their disappointment because life sometimes is disappointing and uh, if we're not on that road now to disappointment, we've all been on that road to disappointment. We know what it's like when our hopes, when our dreams are dashed. These people, they had followed Jesus, they had left everything, they had been with him for three years, they had seen their hope die on the cross on Good Friday. And as far as they were concerned, it was all over, it was finished, and they were going home. Have you noticed that that's what people do when they're discouraged, when they're disappointing, when they're disappointed? The people, the two disciples, uh, the other disciples uh, were still in Jerusalem, but they were going, they'd had enough. And isn't that what happens in church, you know, when people get discouraged and disappointed, they leave, don't they? Uh, they've been let down. They've been disappointed and so often people walk away from the fellowship of believers at the very moment and time when they need them. They walk away. And these two disciples were walking away on the road of disappointments. Philip Yancey, he's the one with the hair. He says this, he says, I found that for many people there's a large gap between what they expect from their Christian faith and what they actually experience. 
from a steady diet of books, sermons and personal testimonies, all promising triumph, success. They learn to expect dramatic evidence of God working in their lives. If they do not see such evidence, they feel disappointment. And it's true, isn't it? You know, we, we, we tell a good story, don't we? We preach a good sermon of triumph, of, of, of resurrection over death, of, of, of triumph, of, of, of the fact that Jesus has defeated everything. And uh, so often we make it sound that all we have to do is ask and uh, God will give us what it is we desire. And I've met so many people in church who are frightened to admit that they've been disappointed by God. They've been disappointed. That he's not lived up to everything that the preacher said that he would do. They've read in the Bible the stories of of Jesus healing people, and yet they've not seen it in their own lives. They've read in the Bible stories and heard testimonies of people whose lives have been transformed, and yet that's not happened for them. The road of disappointment is a road that we've all trodden, and some of us still tread. But notice this, my friends. It's on the road to disappointment that Jesus comes and walks alongside them. It's on the road to disappointment that Jesus meets them. And they don't recognise it. And the difficult thing is, when you are disappointed, when you're discouraged, when life isn't going well, it isn't easy to see Jesus. It isn't easy to hold on to that claim that he says that he will always be with us. And I wonder how many times we've been walking on that road of disappointment and we've not seen Jesus as he's walked alongside us. But the road to disappointment becomes the road to discovery. Take heart. If you're on the road to disappointment. Because the road to disappointment can become the road of discovery. It's a strange thing, isn't it? That often we learn far more from our troubles and our disappointments than the good things that happen to us. When we look back on life and we see it's the painful situations that we go through that are the ones that shape us. It's the difficulties that we go through are the situations that transform us. Jesus, having drawn out their feelings of disappointment and puzzlements, finally speaks to them. And he says to them, How foolish you are, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. How foolish you are, and slow of heart to believe. I guess it isn't what they wanted to hear at that moment of disappointment, isn't it? That they were being foolish and and slow to believe. But Jesus wants to take them on this journey of discovery. Jesus has drawn out just exactly how they're feeling. They've been absolutely honest with him. They didn't know it was Jesus, but they've said that they'd hoped that Jesus was going to be this. They hoped that Jesus was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And as far as they were concerned, he hadn't done it. Nobody expected Jesus' death, even though he had predicted it himself several times. The disciples couldn't get their heads around the fact that this was how God was going to do it. It didn't seem to fit in with their idea of what the prophets and what scripture had said. And when Luke says that Jesus interprets to them all things about himself through the Bible, it doesn't mean that Jesus collected a few isolated texts as, as proof texts and said, look at this text and look at that text. 
He means that through the whole of scripture, Jesus was able to say to them, this was God's plan. This is there in scripture, from the beginning right through. This was God's story of how he was going to redeem Israel. And the mistake the two disciples made was that they had hoped he was going to be the one that was going to redeem Israel and remove the suffering and kick the Romans out. They couldn't see that it was through suffering and death that God was going to redeem Israel. Like everybody else in Israel, they'd been reading the Bible through the wrong end of the telescope. They had been seeing it as a long story of how God would redeem Israel from suffering, but instead it was a story of how God would redeem Israel through suffering. It's a little bit scary, isn't it, to think that, uh, that the disciples who spent three years actually walking and talking and listening to Jesus could have actually missed the whole point. Does that not scare you? Rob Bell, he's the one with the glasses, says, uh, In Jesus' day, people could read and study and discuss the scriptures their entire lives and still miss its central message. In Jesus' day, people could follow him, learn from him, drop everything to be his disciples, and yet find themselves returning home thinking Jesus had failed. Which is a bit like walking with someone for hours, only to discover that you missed who they really are the whole time. Because the stranger is, of course, Jesus. On the road to discovery. And you know, it seems to me that if two disciples that had heard Jesus preach and teach and had been with him, uh, got it completely wrong, dare I say that you and I could come to church week after week, year after year, study the Bible and get it completely wrong. Dare I say it. I've met so many Christians who are absolutely convinced that they're right. Not many Christians who say, well I could be wrong. Not many. But I hold my hand up and I say, you know, sometimes I think Jesus shows me things. And I think, wow, I've never seen that before. I've been a Christian for over 20 years. I actually became a Christian as I was sat in my bedroom reading this very story. It's a fantastic story for me because it was reading this story that I began that road to discovery. You see, we should never stop looking into scripture. And notice it was, it was through the exposition of scripture that Jesus explains what's going on. You see, we should never stop looking at the Bible and studying the Bible and, 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 and engaging with Scripture because most of the time we don't get it right. Because we haven't allowed Scripture to transform our lives. We haven't yet become the people that Jesus wants us to be. The fact that they couldn't recognize Jesus walking alongside them now seems to go along with the fact that they couldn't recognize the events that had just taken place on the cross as part of God's story of redemption. 
They needed to be prepared and led along this road of discovery to find out who Jesus really is. When you take time to read God's word, when you get into God's word, you start to discover who Jesus is. You open up a whole new world and we should never stop on that journey of discovery. I think that's how the two men on the road to Emmaus must have been feeling. They've been listening to one of the greatest explanations of Holy Scriptures that's ever been given. Jesus himself is explaining what the Old Testament prophets said. And they want more. Have you ever been in a place, uh, perhaps not here on a Sunday morning, where you thought, I don't want the preachers to stop, I want more, it's so good. Uh, you know, the, the Bible's been opened up and it's so amazing. Don't stop. Uh, not many people have said that to me when I'm preaching. But that's what they say to Jesus, don't they? Uh, Jesus again acts as if he was going further but they strongly urge him stay with us stay with us uh, there's something that is about you there's something that you've been saying that, that not only engages us but makes us want us to stay with you still they haven't recognised that it's Jesus these two set off on the road to disappointment, hope stashed, and then Jesus joins them and starts to walk alongside them on the road to disappointment. And the road to disappointment turns to the road to discovery, which leads, of course, to the road to discipleship. This is what discipleship is all about. Jesus reveals his identity to the disciples through the preaching of the scriptures and through the breaking of bread. When he was at the table, he took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he disappeared from the sight. Isn't that always the way? You know, he just, just got him, and then he's gone. And so often that's our story, isn't it? We, we, we think we're just getting it and then it, it disappears. And the disciples say, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us on the road? And he opened up the scriptures to us. It was while Jesus opened up the scriptures to them that their hearts were set ablaze and they were burning. When was the last time that your heart was set alight? Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time and you know that you're... The flame is, if it's, if it's there, it's just a little trickle. It's, it's hardly blazing because uh, you've heard all these sermons before. You've, you've heard umpteen sermons on the resurrection. You know the story. And it's, it's ceased to amaze you. It's ceased to grip you. It's ceased to challenge you and to change you. And uh, you're plodding along on that road to where? Well, these two disciples are no longer plodding. Do you notice the difference? They're, that seven-mile journey... It must have been such a long journey. Their legs must have felt tired. But what do we read? Uh, even though it was late at night, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. Suddenly they were revitalized. Suddenly they were re-energized. They had met the risen Jesus Christ and their lives would never be the same again. On the road to discipleship. Our hearts burn because Jesus is with us. It was in the breaking of bread when Jesus 
takes bread. And even as we read it, we're reminded, aren't we, of that communion service. He took bread and broke it. And of course, this was something that they'd seen Jesus do. They'd been there at the Last Supper when Jesus took bread and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. And suddenly, they realise it's Jesus. That's what happened to me on that Tuesday evening in my bedroom as I read the story. It was like suddenly something had been removed from my eyes and I could see Jesus. I went from not believing to believing in an instance. And Jesus was there for me. And this is the experience, and you too can have that experience of the risen Jesus having those scales removed from your eyes and seeing Jesus actually there with you. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. But they had seen the risen Jesus, they had experienced him explaining the scriptures and they rushed back to tell others about what has happened to them. And I can tell you, you know, how you can kind of, uh, you can gauge your kind of spiritual thermometer to see where you are. When was the last time that you told somebody about Jesus? When was the last time that you felt that you, that you just had to tell somebody something about Jesus? That's how you can gauge your kind of spiritual thermometer where you, where you are in your life with God. Because if we've lost that urge to speak about Jesus, to tell our friends and our family and the people around us about Jesus, then we've lost something. We're like those two disciples who had seen Jesus, but they'd lost everything. And the road to disappointment leads to the road of discovery and the road to discipleship. Only when we see the Old Testament as reaching its climax in Jesus will we have understood it equally. We will only understand Jesus himself, this is Tom Wright, when we see him as the one whom scripture points, not only in isolated text, but in the flow of the story. And when we grasp this, we like Cleopas and his wife will find our hearts burning within us. When we actually grasp what it is, that God was doing on the cross and in raising Jesus from death, then our hearts will burn and we won't be able to stop ourselves speaking about Jesus. We need to tell people about Jesus because there are other people who are on the road to disappointment that you and I know. There are other people who are discouraged. There are people that have lost hope that need to hear the good news about Jesus. That he actually meets us in that place of discouragement, in that place of disappointment, and he walks with us. And sometimes we need somebody to come alongside us and point out that Jesus is here. And that he is risen. And we can be that person. We can be that stranger. We can join people on their roads. Where are we? In our journey, where, which road are we travelling on? Maybe we're on that road of disappointment. Maybe we're on the road of discovery. But all of us are on that road of discipleship as we learn more and more about Jesus. And as we attempt to put it into practice. And as we attempt to do what Jesus has called us to do. Next week we're going to be looking at another resurrection 
appearance of Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you raised Jesus out of the tomb. That you brought him back to life. Giving us and every other living person the opportunity to live. And this morning we pray, especially for people who have been disappointed. People who have been let down. People who have lost their hope. People who have walked away. Father God, would you, just as you did with Jesus on those, with those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, would you walk alongside people in their disappointment? Would you allow them to share their frustration, their loss of hope, and would you lead them on that journey of discovery? We live in a world where there's so much disappointment. We hear on the news of, of countries and places in turmoil, torn apart by conflicts and wars, and we pray that in those situations that you will be there walking alongside people in their discouragement and disappointment. Would you once again reawaken hope in the lives of so many places in this world where there's uncertainty? Lord, we pray for your peace in Libya, in many of the countries in the Middle East. We ask that you would stand by those people that are walking along difficult paths and are treading difficult journeys. Might they see you walking alongside them, we pray. And we pray for people closer to home. We pray for those who can't be with us this morning. People in hospital, people that are ill, people that can't get out. And we ask that they might experience your living presence with them. In Jesus' name we pray. And finally we pray for ourselves. And the road that we're travelling at this moment in time. Help us to see you walking alongside us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.